0: Hello, hello, hello. This is The Good Life with Dawn Richards. I am Dawn Richards, your host, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast episode. We are now on episode 40, woohoo! and I'm excited to continue our original intent series because we've still got some more things to talk about and to look at when it comes to God's original intent for our lives so that we know how to discern God's best for us. No matter where we are in life and no matter what we're facing, we can hold it up to the standard of what did God intend for us all along. We can see that bear out throughout the scripture and we can stand in victory until we are receiving everything that God says belongs to us. So if that excites you, then you're in the right place. And I'm excited to have you with me again. I hope that you are well. We are rounding out March. Can you believe it? Um, We're on the second half of this month. Spring is imminent. And I, for one, am not complaining. Um, We've had some gorgeous weather here uh, where I live in Georgia, in particular in the U.S. And obviously, the weather kind of has its own mind. So it's doing its own thing. But that's okay. Uh, I know how it goes. And I'm just going to be patient until it's um, a lot warmer and more consistent on that front and I hope wherever you are that you've been staying safe and doing well um, because there has been so much going on um, even on you know the national weather landscape that has impacted people's lives in devastating ways so just know that we are always praying and standing with you wherever you may be in our country here in the U.S. or in the world at large um, because the gospel knows no bounds. That's the great thing about Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the great thing about being a believer is that we have universal scope. We have universal authority. You know, I think I mentioned in the last episode, um, somewhat tongue in cheek, but it's absolutely the truth that, you know, Mars is, is the is the newest and latest, you know, kind of thing that man has been able to access and put put our footprint on. And I I made the the comment that Jesus is Lord over Mars. And, you know, if we make it to Pluto, he's Lord over Pluto. He's Lord over all because he created it all. So there's nowhere we can go, the Bible says, where God is not, where God doesn't see us, where he can't relate to us, where he can't get to us, where he can't lift us up and help us. Isn't that good news? So I'm excited to Go ahead and dive back in and we are going to take a little bit of a shift today and start looking at God's original intent as it relates to our faith life. You know, that is the crux of Christianity. Christianity is is about trust. It's about belief. It's about relationship and it's about getting things done. Glory to God. You know, if it was just about getting born again, then I, I dare to say, you know, we could just go to heaven right then, but why do we stay in the earth? Why does God keep his people in the earth? It's so that we can fulfill the will of God in the earth and we can help God bring heaven to earth and our faith, how we release our faith, being savvy, being skilled, um, you know, marksmen and, and operators, co-laborers with God In all things, kingdom of God um, is essential. It's crucial. Otherwise, you're going to be constantly being pummeled by the enemy and um, praying just for the day when you can finally escape. That's no way to live. You know, that's why we call this the good life with Don Richards, because it doesn't mean that we won't get challenged. It doesn't mean we won't have problems. It doesn't mean we won't face hard things. But what it absolutely does mean Is because Jesus has promised it to us, we will always overcome. We will always be victorious. We will always triumph in Christ Jesus. That's the good part. Remember, we talked a little bit about how a good fight is the fight you win. God called faith and the fight of faith a good fight because it's the fight that we win. The Bible says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So faith is our victory. That's in first John five and four. And it's only right that we trace it all the way back to the very beginning, because you may be saying, okay, I hear what you're saying, Dawn, you know, but how do I really know that God wants me to get all up into this faith thing? How do I know that I really, it really takes all that. And, and you know, that I need to even pay attention to this because it was his original intent. It's the blueprint he gave First by example and then through instruction and downloading to the first man on the earth, Adam. It's the blueprint that carries all through the ministry of Jesus and his instructions to the disciples. And we, as the modern day disciples, pick up that mantle and we keep it going from generation to generation. And quite frankly, it's God's way of doing and being. The Bible says the just Those who've been justified by Christ just as if I never sinned. I'm justified just as if I never sinned in Christ. The Bible says to you, you're to live by faith. I'm to live by faith. So if that's the case, then we've got to understand what that means. It's great to say things. It's great to throw phrases around. You know, we walk by faith and not by sight. Praise the Lord. That's Bible. But then you got to get into the mechanics of how do you do that? Have you ever just wanted to know how to do something? You agree that it's the right thing to do. You're on board. But somebody's got to show you how. You know, the, the child, they, they, they want to graduate from the training wheels. They want to be able to ride a regular bike like all their friends, like the big boys and girls. But someone's got to show them how. And so that's what I'm here to do today. I'm here to take you in a very mini, (laughs) mini course, admittedly. And there are more resources on my website at dawnrichards.org. And even through a lot of things I share on social media and such where you can dig deeper. And then, of course, your own personal study. But this is going to prime the pump today. I'm priming the pump. Possibly in the next episode, I'm priming the pump. And then you can go back to other podcast episodes Articles, blog posts, um, Bible studies, you know, etc., that I've shared in the past, and you can continue to prime the pump. So, with that, we're starting where? I hope you're saying it wherever we you are. We're starting in the very beginning. And why? Because it's a very good place to start. <laughs> so, here we are back in Genesis 1. We're talking about God's original intent, what God intended all along when he created earth, when he created life, when he created man. And let's start in Genesis 1 and we're going to see faith in action. This is our blueprint for how it's supposed to go and how it works. So in Genesis one, it says to us in chapter one, verse one, excuse me, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. And I'm reading out of the new living translation, by the way. So you can listen along or you can grab, um, you know, if you have your Bible there, you can follow along or you can just listen. And always go back. I like to always clarify which translation I'm I'm working out of. So New Living Translation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And this is what I believe the spirit of God was waiting for. He was waiting for verse three to kick off because those were verses one and two. And in verse three, God gets it going. And it says, then God said, and in my Bible, I have highlighted, God said, let there be light. Now, I want to pause for a moment and take us back up to verses one and two, two in particular, because it tells us in verse two that darkness covered the deep waters. That it was formless and empty and there was darkness And in verse 3, God chose to say, let there be light. In other words, he didn't emphasize what was. He emphasized what he wanted. He called what he wanted. He spoke what he wanted. And that's a key lesson when it comes to operating by faith and speaking things into existence. So God said, let there be light. And there was light. He said it and it was so. And God saw. What did he see? What he had just said. It says he saw that the light was good. And then we go down to verse six and we see him once again. God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. Verse seven. Or excuse me, yeah, verse 7. And that is what happened. So God said it, and the Bible says He said it, and that's what happened. God made this space. How did He make that space? When He said, Let there be a space. He said what He wanted. Obviously, it wasn't there, but that didn't stop Him. That didn't make Him pause. In question. I mean, he's God after all. If he said, let there be a three-headed dog walking down the middle of the street, guess what you're going to see next? A three-headed dog walking down the middle of the street. Because when God says it, it's so. It happens. And that's what we continue to see all throughout creation, all throughout the beginning, the Genesis. That same pattern continues in verse nine. God said, Verse 10, and God saw. Verse 14, God said. Verse 16, God made what he had said. Verse 18, God saw that it was good. Verse 20, God said. Verse 21, God created. What did he create? What he had just said in verse 20. And God saw it. Verse 24, God said. Verse 25, God made. What did he make? What he had just said. Verse 26, God said. Verse 27, God created. So what did he create? What he said in verse 26. And it continues all the way through. And when we get to the very last verse in this chapter, after God has finished creating everything. It says, then God looked over all he had made. And how did he make it all? We were there for it. We witnessed it. He said it. He said it. And then he said it. And it happened. And then he said it again. And that happened. He said something else. And that happened. And then he ends up with this beautiful creation that he made. And it says he saw that it was very good. Glory be to God. And you know what I love about all of this? And we talked about it in past episodes. So if you're just joining us. Feel free to go back and catch up on the previous episodes um, in this series in particular and in all the other podcast episodes. But in this series in particular, we've talked about how God essentially downloaded. His wisdom. His revelation, his everything into Adam. So he was big. He was God. Big G. And Adam was God. Little G of the earth because God gave Adam the earth to steward and to replenish and to furnish and to multiply. We know Adam failed on that job and the rest of the Bible kind of unfolds from there, but God's original intent was for man to be in charge, man to have dominion, not over our fellow man. You're never to dominate another individual, another person. But over creation, including the foul serpent that ultimately came into that garden and got them into trouble in the first place. So. God used his words. And he created an entire. An entire earth existence, universe, life. Dear heart. You did not come from an amoeba. I did not come from an amoeba. You did not come from an ape. I did not come from an ape. And even if we did, somebody had to put the intelligentsia (laughs) in the amoeba to know how to do what it did to produce. But in in all truth, we see here how creation came about. And in all truth, the Bible tells us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we see exactly how it happened. So, the very next thing that God does is He takes His man that He's just created and He teaches him how to do the exact same thing. Because remember, the divine plan from the beginning. Was for God to rule in heaven and for us to rule on the earth. And did you know God's plan has not changed? He says, I'm the Lord and I change not. When God has a purpose and a plan, He doesn't change His mind. You don't find Him over in the corner going, Oh, wow, did I really mean that? Hmm, I don't know, Jesus. What do you think, Holy Ghost? Should I really have said that? No, He's solid. When he says it, he does it. When he speaks it, he brings it to pass. He's God. So he starts to teach his man how to do the exact same thing. And would you know, if you think about it for a moment, you do know that mankind is the only species Humankind is the only species that has intelligent speak speech. Now you can train a parrot. You can train some some parrot to to repeat words, but that is not divine intelligent speech. It's parroting. It's a trained response. Only humankind and mankind was gifted with the supreme gift of speaking and creating And did you know that's why Satan hates us so much and why he wants to be us? Because he tried it. (laughs) Say what? Uh Uh-huh. He tried it. You know, they say you tried it. He tried it. Isaiah tells us all about it. Revelation even recounts some of it. He tried it. He tried to use words. To put himself in a place that he was never designed to be. He tried to use words to usurp the throne of God. And the Bible says when he did, we saw him fall like lightning and hit the earth. Because never, oh, never, ever. will anything and anyone usurp the throne of God, he is the most high God. And so Lucifer. Became Satan. Because the gift that God gave to us as humans, as his created children in his image and likeness, did not belong to the angels. See, Satan, Lucifer at the time, was in the angel class. Angels are lower than humans. If you were not not clear on that, it's the God class. Man, then the angels. That's why they hearken to us. That's why they serve us. The Bible says in Hebrews that they minister to us as heirs of salvation. Minister means to serve. There are servants. By the direction of God, Satan was trying to get out of his class and come up into a higher class where he was not allowed. And God was not having it. So, yeah, he's got an attitude. He's got a grudge. But we have the power. God gave it to us from the very beginning and we have to know how to work it and use it and keep him in his place. So back here. Over in chapter two. In verse seven. It shows us how it all happened. It says, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. In the original Hebrew text in the Kumash, which is the original Hebrew text, it says that man became another speaking spirit like God. We are speaking spirits like God. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We are spirits. First Thessalonians 5.23 makes that clear. We are spirits. We possess souls which encompass our mind, our will and our emotions. And we live in a physical body so that we can have Dominion and life in this earth, because do you know when your spirit leaves your body, you're gone, you're dead. The moment. Your physical house kicks you out. You being your spirit, because you are a spirit, when your physical body kicked you out for whatever reason, COVID, cancer, an accident, you just go to sleep and leave. Whatever happens, whenever you leave this body, you're out of the earth. And for all practical purposes, you're dead. So we are a spirit. You're not your body. You are a spirit. I am a spirit. We are speaking spirits like God. We possess a soul, which is our mind. Our thinker. Our will, our chooser. And our emotions, our feeler. And once again, we live in this physical body that we have to put under And bring it to line and to subjection to the will of God. So that's that's that. And that's how we were created. God said in chapter one, I want to create a man in our image and in our likeness. And he kept true to that. When he breathed that breath of life into us, we became speaking spirits like God. The only species of being created with that power, with that gift, glory to God. So for you to say at any point in time, you know, I'm not into all that speaking it stuff. I'm not into all that saying and that claiming it and naming it. You know, they, they, they're just child. They're just so fanatic, fanatical over there at that church. You know, they're always talking about naming it, claiming it, blabbing and grabbing. Well, honey, you're denying yourself. Come into the light of what the Bible has to say about who you really are. God says you have something to say. Now, once again, he won't force you. He will honor your choice. We've talked about that to a decent extent in past teachings where he honors our choices every day. We can make the choice to serve him or not. We can make the choice to acknowledge him as God or not. Adam and Eve made their choice. But we also must understand that with choice comes consequence, good or bad. You know, Beyonce has this song where she says, I talk like this It's called, um, I think it's ego or something. But in the in the in the chorus, she says, I talk like this because I can back it up. And see, that's the thing. When you make your choices. When I make my choices. We better be ready to back it up if it's not in God's plan. Oh, you want to be big and bad and go out here and serve Satan and do all these things that the Bible says don't do or not do things the Bible clearly tells us to do. Okay, well, it it costs to be the boss. (laughs) You know what I mean? It costs to be the boss. So if you want to be the boss of you, you've got to be ready to deal with all the consequences that come with that. And you make a lousy boss if you hadn't noticed. You make a lousy boss of you if you hadn't noticed. So come on over here with God. And take his wisdom on it. And he says we're speaking spirits. This is how he gets things done. This is how he operates. The Bible tells us in Psalms 33 and 6 that the Lord merely spoke and we see it here. It says he merely spoke. He didn't get up and go yabba-dabba-doo and wave wands and cause pyrotechnics and all that genetics and, you know, have the Holy Ghost circling in in 5,000 circles and all this craziness. He didn't do any of that. He was cool with it. He merely spoke. Because he knew the power and the authority was in what he said. And he taught his man to do the same, because as we come on down. We start to see Adam flowing in the same power. God says, OK. I've already created the animal species. I've already created these beings. But now we've got to decide what to call them. Adam, why don't you tell me what they should be called? What do you say? Who do you say they are? What do you call them? And do you know Adam had the wisdom? He had the ability to name every single creature, every single animal. Think about it. He had the wisdom to do it. Where did he get it from? He got it from God. It was a supernatural download into his spirit, so it was no trouble. It was just like his father, no sweat off his back. He didn't sit there twiddling his thumbs and going into, uh, you know, a hot sweat or an anxiety attack. There was none of that. He was cool with it. He said, OK. I got it. You're going to be a rhinoc- rhinoceros. You're going to be a giraffe. You're going to be a sea urchin. And he named every single creature until they were all named and called. And God said, "Okay, you called them. That's what it is. Let's move on. Because the one thing God pointed out in all of that is that, okay, Adam, I want you to take this on. This is what I want you to do. I want you to name all these creatures. I want you to call them what they are. You do it. Whatever you call them, that's what it will be. But don't get it twisted. None of these are suitable for you as a companion. And, you know, I have to emphasize that in 2021 because we have a lot of people that really are confused. Some people think a dog is a romantic companion. It's not. Some people might think a tree is a romantic companion. I'm married to this tree. No, you're not that is not a suitable companion for you. A horse and being sexually involved with a horse that is not for you. God said, "But now that you finished that job, let me show you what I do have for you." And God put him in a deep sleep. And honey, you thought you heard Adam speaking. But when he came out of that sleep and Eve was presented to him, He really started to talk. He said, at last. This is chapter two, verse 23. This one is bone from my bone. He said, now those other ones, they're good and all. They have their purpose, but this one. Is bone from my bone. And flesh from my flesh. She will be called because, see, he was still naming whatever he named it, it was it. And God sat back and let him have his way. He said, She will be called woman because she was taken from man. So, God taught Adam how to use words and the power of words. That was his original intent. And it's not changed. You know who doesn't want you to understand the power of your words? You know who wants to keep you mixed up and speaking death over your life and cursing yourself. You don't even have to wait for somebody else to do it. You're doing it to yourself. You know why? Because Satan doesn't want you to know it. He wants you to be in the dark. He wants you to be ignorant to the power that you possess to bind him. To put his lights out in your life. To give your life to Jesus through the words of your mouth. And your faith in the the faith in your heart. Miracles happen when we speak. The first and greatest being the miracle of salvation. When you go from the authority of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. When you kick Satan off the throne of your life and you give your life to Jesus Christ and he becomes your Lord and your savior. And you secure your eternity with him. And everything else is just gravy. It's just how you live and thrive in this earth above the circumstances, above the turmoil. The Bible says a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near you. Oh, yeah, you'll see it. But it won't come near you. That's God's will for his children. He says you're in the world, but you're not of the world. And it's a fight of faith. It's not a cakewalk all the time. Being born again doesn't mean all your problems instantly disappear. Sometimes to the contrary, they get thicker because now the enemy is really afraid. And so he's going to try to convince you if he can. Which of are smart, he won't be able to. That there's nothing really to all of this, but there's everything to this. God said, this is how I operate. This is how I've created you to operate. You are another speaking spirit like God. You have authority in your words when you speak. It's so it should be so. And it really is so for better or for worse. When you speak things and we're going to probably have to pick this up. We will pick this up in the next episode. When we say things. For good or bad, we draw them to ourselves. That's why God was very meticulous in what he said. Yes, it was dark, but he didn't want the darkness. So he didn't speak the darkness. He spoke the light. Glory to God. So I hope you're excited. I hope your your faith muscle is being built up and exercised and worked. And when we're together again in our next episode, we'll continue looking at God's original intent for our faith. Our faith life, our faith walk. And until then, I pray abundant blessings on you. Be liberal with the podcast, like, download, comment, share. Connect with me on social media, on the on the website. Um, And I, I pray that you are living intentionally and that you're experiencing the good life in Christ Jesus. God bless you.